it's Sarah, and welcome to Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. For more information and inspiration, please have a look at sarahsense.com or find me directly on Instagram, hello sarahsense, where you can talk to me, send me your questions. I love hearing what you think about this show and anything else that is on your mind. So I usually start off by saying thanks for listening from wherever you are in the world. But today I'm actually recording from outside of Hong Kong and I'm in the wonderful city of London, one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, And I've been meeting some really interesting people who are doing some really interesting things, so much so that I decided to record a podcast episode for you guys. Um, So let me introduce who I have around the table today. First of all, um, since I've taken the podcast on the road, I've invited someone who lives in London to co-host with me today. If he sounds familiar, it's because he was a previous guest on episode 17 of the podcast. So that episode was about um, opening up to open relationships. So say hi, Ben. Hi Ben. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling about coming back onto the podcast as yeah, a? I I feel like I'm uh, I feel like I'm looking behind the curtain because I just assumed that all your intros were just pre-recorded. And stuck in <laughs> yeah. So looking forward to it and a great topic today as well. Awesome. Um, and I also have Billy and Anna with me. Hello. Hi. So Billy and Anna are co-founders of Leica. Leica. Leica, yes. And Leica is a digital coaching platform that aims to transform women's relationships to sex by focusing on improving sexual well-being. Billy and Anna, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably better than we sometimes. (laughs) Took it straight off your website. (laughs) So would you like to say a few words to introduce yourselves? Sure. So I'm Billy. I'm one half of the team behind Leica. Um, I am the CEO. My background is coming from a corporate space, had an epiphany, realized uh, it was not what I wanted to do. Moved into health coaching and realized how underrepresented women are and how much um, they could do with a little lift in, their, in finding their voice. And really wanted to start a business that would empower women. And then I met Anna uh, on a six month social impact business builder. And it was love at first sight. Love stories like that. I'm Anna. I am the other half, probably the not so great half, but uh, (laughs) it's because I've got a big crush on my co-founder. And um, yeah, my background is academia and research. I just finished my PhD at the University of Oxford um, and am moving into the role of product. So yeah, together we are we are trying to change the world's relationship with sex. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Starting with women. Very much so. Because there's a pleasure gap and women deserve more pleasure. <laughs> we are going to talk more about that in a second. So our topic today is owning your sexual wellness. Now sexual wellness I find is kind of an interesting term because wellness... Um, as a concept is something that's really grown increasingly prevalent, increasingly important. It's everywhere now. You know, everyone knows it's really important. There's so much more of a focus on holistic living and balanced lifestyle. And and the industry, I think, of wellness is booming as well. You know, you have all these like employee programs now. You've got, um, you know, spas around every corner. Um, But I think this idea of sexual wellness or sexual well-being may not be that well understood. I I don't know if a lot of people necessarily put sex and wellness together in the same sentence. So I wanted to ask you how you define sexual wellness. It's a really good question. (laughs) And uh, with Anna's academic brain and sort of being new to the industry, we went around this Uh, Mm. this definition a lot at the beginning because it isn't really well defined Um, and it's interesting the sexual wellness market when you look at um, forecasts and trends it typically includes sex toys condoms and lubricants Mm -hmm. and what we're talking about when we talk about wellness is is way outside of that realm so the um, the UN define it as uh, the access to pleasure don't they yeah I think is it 
it might be the World Health Organization. The World Health, yeah. yeah, sorry, the World Health Organization. They define it as um, the ability to experience uh, sexual pleasure. Yeah, and I think it's really highlighting that it's not just an absence of, it's, it's not just around dysfunction, it's mm-hmm. also around enjoyment and it's around um, pleasure more broadly. I think a lot of the time when we look at wellness, we tend to think about you know, erectile dysfunction, we tend to think about vaginismus, we tend to think about a lot of the kind of um, sexual problems we have rather than actually seeing that it's, it's about regular maintenance and it's also about mm-hmm. um, actually just enjoying it and having a good time. It's, it's interesting to say that Sarah and I were talking uh, yesterday about how you sort of get this sexual health side of things, which will be, as you said, kind of that, all of those conditions and also kind of STIs and mm, all that. Absolutely. And then at the other end of the scale, you get big to-do lists of crazy fetishes <laughs> and you don't really get anything that is maintenance. And I, I kind of, I, I see it as, and I appreciate this bit of a weird analogy, but <laughs> I was saying it's kind of similar like cars where you get roadside assistance mm. and you get pictures of Ferraris and no one really tells you how to just do all the normal stuff mm. and how to make sure that you're actually a safe and, and sensible driver. Mm. Um, and there's a yeah, big gap in the middle. So it's, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the idea of wellness, like you say, has been a, a massively growing trend. And unfortunately, the word, uh, the term self-care has been massively overused. And I think we've drifted away from what that really means. Um, but the whole idea of wellness is about proactive care mm-hmm. rather than um, prevent. Uh, sorry, rather than uh, uh, reactive. reactive right. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's about prevention, mm-hmm. and that's what we mean by sexual well-being. It's about taking consistent practices and measures to ensure that you always have a positive relationship to your sexuality Mm. um especially with sex it's something that constantly evolves just as we do as humans we're changing from day to day and our relationship with sex changes day to day um and it's being in tune with that and and making sure that we're constantly just checking in and taking care of ourselves so Mm. that we don't get to the point of dysfunction Mm. hopefully Mm. um and if we do we, we are aware of it quite quickly yeah, I mean, I think for me, when I think about STIs, contraception, I usually term that more sexual health for mm-hmm. some reason. Absolutely. Um, but sexual wellness, if I just think about what the current definition of wellness mm. is, is it's a much more multidimensional, um, everyday kind of practice. Definitely. Of keeping yourself in balance. Uh, well, that's... That, that is, that's what it is for me. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting as well because wellness is quite holistic, like yeah. you were saying just yeah. now. And um, sexual health tends to sort of, especially with the STIs, it tends to focus on the, like, the biology and the physical side of it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things that we really noticed is that there is... Um, <laughs> Sarah just having a big slurp of tea there. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all just thinking, can she edit that out? (laughs) I just realised how loud that was. You know you're in London when. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, But I was just saying that that it's it's holistic and it's about... a systems-based approach to well-being that sounds quite technical but what we really mm. mean by that is moving beyond just the physical and the, the, the biological mm. and actually realizing that wellness accompany, uh, accom- encompasses our psychology and our sociology and all of that plays together and it's a harmony of those things coming together mm. that means we are well mm. yeah so why is sexual wellness so important and what do you think um, causes people to overlook it sometimes Mm. Okay, holy grail of questions. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think, um, so certainly for us, we spent the last year basically speaking to everyone. Um, You know, I'd say probably now at about five or six hundred women that we've spoken to over the last, yeah, over the last few months. Um, And the kind of recurring thing that comes up is people are focused on the act of sex, but they're not thinking about how they feel about sex. Um, And I think following up on Billy's comment that, you know, we tend to need to, to look at it more broadly is what we found is there's this huge link between our sexual well-being and our mental and emotional health. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, we're only just starting to see mental health as being something we can speak about. Yeah. And I think sexual well-being is is still so much shame and taboo and stigma around it. You know, 
interestingly, I had a conversation with my mom a few months ago, um, and it was the first time we spoke about masturbating with each other. And yeah. I was like, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things of like, of all things I should be able to talk about with my mom, who's one of my best friends. It yeah. should be being able to get pleasure. It should yeah. be knowing my own body. It should be able to explore that. And so I think there's just, there's so much... I don't know, a taboo that continues mm. to be around it. Mm. And I think particularly for women, there's a sort of, you know, their, their pleasure and their sexuality has been underfunded, it's been mm. under-researched, it's been under-investigated, and I think there's this sense of just deep shame. Mm. Um, and that's what comes out time and time again when we speak with women. Mm. Exactly, and that under-research uh, has meant that we don't really mm. uh, know necessarily what we need to do to take care of it. And I mean, the the... the holistic approach that we kind of mentioned before is known as something called a biopsychosocial model mm -hmm. and it's a relatively new concept um certainly in this domain in this domain yeah. yes mm -hmm. um and i think as well there's when when typically we think about women that um look after their sexuality or explore their sexuality they get bucketed in this either um, loose, loose, slutty, yeah. like mm. so sexually aggressive mm. terms that we've heard and they're just so derogative. Yeah. And, and that implies that the only way to, um, the only people that can, can sort of like have a good relationship to sex or an ongoing relationship with exploration and understanding themselves are, the, are these very extreme mm. ends of it. It's either mm. real dysfunction or it's this really, really... Um, Sex positive, exploratory... Yeah, like... Mm. Yeah, mm. very, very confident women mm. who are, mm -hmm. yeah, just not relatable to, to many in the middle. And, um, and, and many in the middle don't want to be put in that category either because there is a shame that I was talking about. So we need to normalise the conversation around it and say... We all need to invest in our sexual well-being, and mm -hmm. by recognizing that you're, you need to do that, doesn't mean that you're incredibly sexually aggressive and, and confident and going to uh, kink parties, and, mm -hmm. and which is also absolutely fine, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, there's just such a shame and a stigma around it, but that's not for everyone. Yeah, and investing in our sexual well-being doesn't put us in either of those buckets. Yeah, and do you think that the challenges for um, improving your sexual wellness are universal or do you think that they're quite specific to women i know your mm -hmm. advent platform is more for women but do you think that a lot of the lessons and the content and things that you um, talk about would be applicable for men as well definitely definitely and when we say mm -hmm. we've spoken to sort of uh, 500 plus women mm -hmm. we've also spoken to a group of men and we know that they face very similar challenges mm -hmm. um, but in slightly different ways right. and um, you know erectile dysfunction is a serious issue um, the, yeah the availability of pornography is closely linked to that mm -hmm. toxic masculinity and again to Anna's point the um, the gender roles and the associations with what masculinity mm -hmm. is and femininity is mm -hmm. is really damaging yeah. um, we also have uh, online dating which has created a hookup culture yeah. which basically um encourages a total lack of intimacy and respect mm -hmm. which we know that sort of trust is so fundamental to having a really pleasurable experience because mm -hmm. you're being incredibly vulnerable having to giving yourself to, to another person so those are experiences that men and women face i think um i think that the challenges are slightly different because okay. of the conversations that we've had and the um the gender roles that we've had to grow up into mm -hmm. and what those roles demand of us. Yeah. Um, but I do think that uh, sexual well-being is applicable to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think universally, uh, all genders have their own challenges. I mm. think, um, just adding on that, I think one of the things we forget about when it comes to sexual well-being is we often focus on others. So mm -hmm. we often focus on whether that's a one-night stand or a long-term partner, rather than recognizing that it actually starts with ourselves. And I think to you know, for anyone, that's more a, mission, a matter of self-confidence, of self-worth, of self-respect, all those selves. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of like who it applies to, you know, in some ways it's not even about sex. It's actually about um, personal development and, mm. and really 
honoring and valuing and loving yourself, whatever that means to you. And I think that that's applicable regardless of race, gender, mm. age, religion. Mm. You know, that's that's something for everyone. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, and I would love to see that as more of that kind of conversation because sometimes, as you mentioned, sex is a taboo word. But if you mention sexual wellness in that, mm. in the way that the narrative is about self care, it's about self respect, it's about everyday wellness then maybe it, it does sort of normalize that conversation as well that's what we i mean that's what we really hope yeah. um the challenge is because it's a because it is a new concept yeah people are people don't know what what it means and they yeah. don't know what to make of it yeah. so we've definitely challenged yeah. uh, had this challenge with building Leica where we're yeah. talking about sexual wellness and we're saying it's not even about sex it's about <laughs> learning to like love yourself yeah feel comfortable in your skin. Mm. And then once you have that level of comfort in your skin, it's actually about how you speak up in the boardroom. It's how you mm. decide on co-parenting. It's how you, it's kind of the respect that you have for yourself. And that plays out in every other area of your life. So it's not even about sex, but, um, but you need to feel comfortable in your own skin and your own body yeah. and in the, your most vulnerable spaces, which is sex, yeah. to, to have a voice and speak up and ask for what you need and not put yourself second. Mm. But because it's such a new concept, mm. You, mm. we still have to go at it as um, it is about sex, <laughs> <laughs> just to get you into the conversation. I, it's, it's almost kind of, uh, you give you give people those skills and then shock horror, the sex is better. Right? It's kind <laughs> yeah. of, if, you, if you're coming at that, confidently you're coming at it knowing yourself and your body naturally every conversation you have every kind of moment of intimacy you have it's going to be better exactly. yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense yeah one of the biggest areas of shame and to be and this is so sad um and makes me so angry and i've definitely been there myself is around the genitals mm-hmm. and women have we've had so many conversations where they're like i hate the way it looks Mm. I hate the way it smells I hate the way it tastes I don't like them going down on me and um and that's just like such a negative relationship with such a natural part of ourselves yeah I think we found out this week as well that the right the um the operation labiaplasty Mm. um which is the trimming of the inner labia is massively on the rise yeah I mean it's super popular it's so popular and the term Mm. is they go in and ask for something called the Barbie. The Barbie, yeah. And I the Barbie that. doesn't even have a vulva. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually trying to create, I've just yeah. tried to condition, condition, an, uh, yeah. condition an artist to help me recreate the Barbie with a vulva. Mm. Um, it's, but it's shocking, like 200 women under the age of 18 in 2016 in the UK mm. and 150 under the age of 16. Wow. Mm. And it's just... Yeah. Have, you, have you seen the uh, Viva La Vulva um, uh, uh, music video that the breasts oh have come my out goodness. with? I so just watched it this morning. Yeah, yeah. So good. So brilliant. I just yeah. watched it this morning. It's so good. <laughs> okay, well, let's move into just sort of your journey in terms of like how you started Leica and, and uh, maybe maybe let's ask first about your own sort of personal stories behind that how did you first learn about sex and were there any gaps that you feel um in terms of your sexual education that you wanted to bring to women with this app Mm. do you want to start sure yeah um anna and i Anna will share her story and I'll share my story, but we um, have both had slightly negative experiences around our sexuality, mm. which uh, really brought this issue kind of front and center in our minds. Mm. Um, and which is why when we went on to Zinc, this business builder, um, which was all around the mental and emotional health, we couldn't not look at it through the lens of sexuality. So I, um, I was sexually assaulted in the workplace in 2016 by a senior manager. Um, and at the time, I... And most women do this. We blame ourselves. Um, I thought it was my fault. I was probably being too provocative. Maybe yeah. I had led him on in some way and the shame and responsibility was all on me. Yeah. Um, and that sent me into a very negative headspace. Um, and I had suffered with depression in 2013 in my final year of university. And I could feel over the months after that incident, I didn't tell anyone, I didn't report it, and I could massively feel myself slipping a lot of those same behaviours and attitudes coming up again that I experienced in 2013 and thought, you know, I need to, I need to do something about this if otherwise I'm this, this 
um, incident is going to rule my life. Yeah. But what really scared me was the fact that my self-worth was so placed on a man's value of me. Mm-hmm. And then when he, when he stepped over that boundary, mm-hmm. that completely shattered my kind of identity and my self-worth and just pulled the rug mm-hmm. under me. And it really made me look inside myself and look back at kind of my own relationship to sex and my journey from a, as a young woman and through my late teens and into my early 20s, what role I thought I had as a woman, what role I thought my sexuality played in forming relationships. And actually, I was really embarrassed by it. And I was so... um, It was all about another person. It was all about making sure I was sexy enough or sexual enough for men to fancy me. It was never about me loving me and using my sexuality as a tool for self-confidence and self-worth. It was always... How is another person going to view me? Um, I need, you know, the best girlfriends are the sexy girlfriends and I need to mm-hmm. be that. I want to be referred to as this. And that means doing these certain acts and behaving in a certain way. Yeah. And um, I didn't and I didn't get that education at school. I mean, I literally don't even remember my sex education at school. Mm-hmm. But I certainly didn't get that uh, piece which says sex starts with yourself it starts with loving yourself it starts with knowing yourself mm-hmm. don't put that whole responsibility on another person yeah. and use your sexuality as a tool to impress others mm-hmm. um, and that's I think what we're trying to do with Laika and I'll, I can definitely go into that a little bit more but I'll let Anna also share where she came mm-hmm. from yeah. so I think for me um, similarly to Bill's had, had a negative experience so when I was 15 I was raped Um, And I didn't actually know it was rape until probably like four or five years ago because it didn't take place in the way in which I had been told that rape normally takes place. Um, So it was somebody who was substantially older than me. Um, It was somebody who was at the time a boyfriend of mine. Um, And it was my first time being with somebody in that way. And so I think, yeah, it was just kind of getting into university and actually having conversations with other women who have very similar experiences mm-hmm. and we were all just having a glass of wine and started chatting about it um and it was just this like moment of how have we all literally all of us been raped yeah but none of us even knew that that's what it was yeah. um even though i think instinctively we did but yeah. there was so much oh no could it be that was it that because it didn't happen and like in how we're told it happens um yeah so I think just thinking about that um was was quite a profound thing and I also think just thinking about the idea of around consent for example um and while we talk about it in the physical sense of yes and no and in the kind of overt sense, thinking about the moments where I had been sexual with people because I kind of felt I should, so even though I verbally consented, mm-hmm. emotionally I wasn't really there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, th- love the, I love the example that you always use of the, the guy that always just claimed he had blue balls. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I basically, I I dated some real winners when I was a teenager, basically. I think my parents are like, okay, finally she got out of that phase. Um, so you, you just had sex with them because he said... You no, so that was, that was also another one. Actually, the, yeah, there was a this stream of bad relationships. Okay. Um, so the, the one that I had sex with, well, that had sex with me, um, basically he just put himself, himself inside of me without mm-hmm. even asking. Um, and that's how I lost my virginity. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with the blue balls. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom, if you're listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, used to kind of, we would, I remember, and I was also in my kind of like late teens, we would really be like making out and then I'd be like, okay, I'm, I've got to go home or I'm tired or I've got homework. Um, and it would be like, oh, but you've kind of led me on and now I'm going to be in pain. Like, I'm going to get blue balls and it's like a legit condition. <laughs> sorry. And it's like really... I know. No, it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, And then oh like, goodness. teenage me was like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't leave you in pain. Oh, like, God forbid that like woe is you that you like <laughs> haven't been able to get off and like surely this is my fault um and so it would be, i would end up basically solving the problem for him yeah and um, rather you know and like adult me actually a good friend of mine it was hilarious she um 
she was fooling around with somebody and I, both of them are good friends of mine. Um, and basically she, you know, she had her orgasm and she, and she was like, right, okay, that, I'm, time's up, I'm done. And she like went and made herself a cup of tea and read a book and yeah. he was like sitting there like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. yeah. But Am I, mean, I not gonna come? No? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> but so I think it's, it's those questions, right? It's yeah. those stories and those conversations of like really challenging myself to say like, do I really want to be here? Am I really present? Or am yeah. I just kind of absent and going through, am I letting, is sex happening to me? Mm. Or is it something that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think reflecting on that similarly, yeah, met, met Billy and I think we kind of both came in from having these experiences and, and very much felt, um, yeah, there's, there's anger, there's also humor, there's also learning and there's empathy and all of that kind of stuff around it. Mm. So it's, yeah, I think it's been as much our journey as it is about trying to encourage other people to have the same. Do you think there's, I mean, we, you talked about uh, the selves earlier. Yeah. Mm. Do you think there's sort of a, a self-consent in mm. the idea of actually having that internal conversation with yourself before you even think about bringing anyone else into it? I would say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the big things where we're really trying to empower women to feel that they can do. You know, in, in some of our interviews, we've heard it's easier for me to get drunk than it is to say no. Um, it's easier for me to just go ahead and do it because I don't want to hurt the feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting because a lot of these women are saying yes, mm-hmm. but again, they're not really they're not really feeling yes yeah. Um, yeah. and I think it's, it's yeah. also terrifying for the partners or, mm-hmm. again whether they're formal partners informal partners to navigate that mm. but it's it's I think we almost have for lack of a better word a sense of duty or responsibility but also in terms of like taking care of ourselves mm. to to recognize mm. that and to say you know do I want to do this why do I want to do that and if I don't that's, that's okay. also okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I think one of the things that w- we're trying to do with Leica is say like discovery is so important mm. because it informs your consent, your self-consent. Mm. Yeah. I really like how you said that yeah. because it's, you know, you, we've certainly been there and we've certainly had this from conversations with other women. They go into something consenting and then halfway through a situation they're like, actually this doesn't yeah. feel right anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought that I'd maybe enjoy this practice and on face value, I don't enjoy it. But now how do I navigate away from that? Mm-hmm. And if you discover on your own beforehand and you take time to really explore these different scenarios and these different ways of experiencing pleasure for yourself, you have a much more informed way of approaching those situations. You can say, I've experimented with X and it really, I don't like it. So when someone's saying to me, yeah, but you're going to love it. Just trust me. <laughs> you can actually, with confidence, say, no, I don't. <laughs> I I, uh, a friend of Fernanda's um, recently told us that she'd been having sex with someone who and told, her, told him exactly what she wanted and what she liked, and he argued the point with her on, <laughs> n- no, it doesn't. your body doesn't work like that. Your body works like this. And just kind of the, the face palm moment. Oh, of, my God. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's the problem, right? If we don't know ourselves, yes. someone else has an authority to to give us information that we can't confidently say no to. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's not a great situation to be in. And I also think, like, with going back to the question around sex ed, like, it's interesting. Cause, so I didn't masturbate until my early 20s. And I was like... Mm, it, it was this like, coming out thing with my partner at the time who was taking a sexual... Um, it wasn't sexual therapy it was taking some type of sexuality course in university and he was like you should masturbate and it was the thing of like oh what do you mean i should masturbate like that's what like dirty women do it's like not really only boys masturbate like blah 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 blah. and i remember going to the sex store and it was like neon lights and like really cringy and this like and and the whole thing was just really harsh and i think it's interesting because this point about the subs and the points about education, like if in my sex ed, they had said, actually, this is a very normal part. And this is not just normal, it's an integral part. The same way you learn about good exercise, you learn about good eating, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you learn about health. This is a part of your discovery. This is a yeah. part of your growing yeah. up. And by knowing your body and by knowing how your body works and what it wants and what it doesn't want or when it wants and doesn't want those things, you're able to then communicate Mm. that. But we focus so much on other people giving us orgasms or other people doing the learning for us rather than saying, how do we do this first? Or even orgasms in general, right? Mm. That that actually, that sex, 
this I, focused goal. Yeah, exactly. Previous mm -hmm. episodes was porn, but the idea that sex ends with a money shot. Yeah, yes. actually, yeah. Uh, Normally a face. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's nothing really before it that isn't just purely leading up to that, exactly. and it stops at that point. Yeah. This is crazy. Well, even, sorry, I was going to say. Um, Anna's been writing some content at the moment, and. Um, we, we, we're talking about the concept of like foreplay mm, yeah. and Anna's like right actually it's not foreplay because that suggests it's something that has to come before something <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah. and now we're calling it pleasure play because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just all the things that you do to get pleasure yeah. and then yeah. if there's penetrative sex in there that's one component mm. of sex mm. and if you end without an orgasm but you're pleasured and you're happy then that's also mm. sex and yeah um, it's yeah. such a, a limited way of thinking about it yeah. isn't it because it's just like as billy's saying it's this goal-oriented thing of like we have to get to this and if like this happens then everything's done and yeah. it's just like rather than you know we see it as the single act rather than as this whole process mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. for us that's that's the fundamental yeah. thing around pleasure is it's it's everything in between you know it's from the first time you lock eyes on the tube yeah to <laughs> like the date to your knees touching for the first time or or whatever yeah. to breakfast the morning mm. after you know it's not just this 30 second yeah firework explosion yeah. and then all's yeah. done and it's about you know when once you're heightened to these um all these different ways of sex mm. um you can you can start getting these kind of electric feelings in mm. in touch and and mm -hmm breath and mm -hmm. um, sound and you're like oh my gosh my access to pleasure is so much broader mm. now uh, it's certainly I mean Anna and I, I mean <laughs> Anna and I have gone on our own personal sexual well-being <laughs> journey over the last 12 months I mean I hands up only learnt what the clitoris actually looks like 12 months ago and, and that then it has evolved not a vagina and it's evolved not yes. a vagina yes. and then it has 8,000 nerve endings and I was like my mind was blown and I was like holy Wow. Or our nipples. Or our, I have discovered my nipples yeah. in a whole new right. way. It's phenomenal. But um, but I've, I've got a, a partner at the moment who's such a feminist. He's such an incredible human. Yeah. Um, but we've had to have this whole conversation around orgasm as well. And yeah. so, you know, you don't, he's, he always wants to please me and, and, and get to that point. And it's about, you know, babe, that's not... We don't have to aim for that. And actually... Mm -hmm. But you trying to get me there makes me suddenly mm. hyper-conscious of needing mm. to get there to, mm. to almost please you that you've reached that. Mm. So let um, me... You get into that amazing thing, don't you, of kind of, you both want to please each other. Yeah. So you're kind of like, are you happy? Was that yeah. Only if you're happy. You go first. No, 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 you go first. Exactly. And then like, neither of you are actually happy because you're so much in your head. Um, but I, I, we both experience pleasure like never before. And, and both of us often leave sex not having had an orgasm, mm. not even having had penetrative sex. And it's sometimes the best quote unquote sex we've ever had. Mm. And it's like, wow, um, that, that's the education I wish I'd had. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think there's also, isn't there, the, the, the kind of the weird thing of the, the number of times that you are having sex is sort of like a, a number in your head, mm. not, not in terms of different partners, but just kind of, oh, you're, you're having sex twice a week or you're having sex yes. once a month or you're having sex once a year. It's like, well, that, that suggests that there's this event again, doesn't mm. it? And actually, again, kind of just you wouldn't say, oh, well, I have I absolutely kind of ate six times today. It's kind of ridiculous. You just eat when you're hungry. Yeah. You yeah. That. yeah. Or unless like, you're a woman. Well, and then we <laughs> do. And this is like calorie counting. It's in the phone. With sex. But no, that's such a good point. It's such a good point. And actually, um, again, when you broaden your understanding of, of sex, then actually you see the pleasure in a massage. You see the pleasure in your partner running mm -hmm. you a bath or you running yourself a bath mm -hmm. and taking the shower hose below the water yeah. and just... Yeah. Um, and, and you see and you get this new pleasure of just lying and listening to some beautiful music and breathing really deeply mm. into your body. And suddenly it doesn't have to become exactly to your point, this event mm. which puts so much pressure on individuals and couples to mm. kind of, mm. how many times are we doing it? Are we doing it as much as our mates? Is it, we're doing it a normal amount. Are we even having sex anymore? <laughs> um, but penetrative sex is quite intense sometimes, mm. especially for a woman. You're like literally being entered and actually you might be feeling sexy, but just want a massage, just want yeah. touch, just want someone to hold you. Mm. And that can be as, yeah, orgasmic as, mm. as, 
and well, it's the, powerful yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's a the Dan Savage argument isn't there that actually for a lot of straight guys the argument should simply be well if every time your uh, your other half wanted sex, you were getting penetrated, I suspect your opinion yes. when, when and how you start like, yes. it might be different. Yeah. Oh my god, I listened to that episode, and he said something like, "Everyone should be having uh, every straight man should think about having sex more like a homosexual man, where there's like a, a, there's a, a negotiation yeah. and, and oh, a prep." I love that. Yeah, That's kind of so like, well, so what are you into? Being the fundamental question. Yes, yeah. exactly. Rather than just assuming penetration straight mm-hmm. away. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Everyone, yeah, Dan Savage, that's, that's a really good uh, mm. podcast to listen to. Mm. Um, and I also, to Anna's point around uh, masturbation, I just listened to a great uh, podcast on Feminists Don't Wear Pink with the Guilty Feminist. Mm. Yeah. And um, uh, Grace Campbell does a reading in there all around masturbation and mm-hmm. compares it to Candy Crush. And <laughs> it's brilliant. So, um, yeah, it's it really funny. Yeah, it's good. So tell us about like because yeah. I'm super excited now. <laughs> I've heard all the stories. So um, what does the platform do? Who is it for? Women, obviously. But yeah. uh, and what stage are you at in terms of development? So it's for women today, mm. tomorrow for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we, as we said at the beginning, like this yeah. is something that everyone needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this pleasure gap right now yeah. Yeah. Um, you know women are four times more likely to say they've had no sexual Absolutely. pleasure in the last year and until we address that inequality yeah. um, I, I don't think that we'll actually be able to move forward in equality in other areas mm-hmm. of our lives so it's so important so that's why it's women mm-hmm. today and that's all women as well we don't um, discriminate against anyone I think there are a couple of modules which are for women with vulvas mm. okay. but apart from that um, anyone that identifies as a woman is able to use like it and um and so what is it so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um it's an app and for those of you that have used headspace out there that's mm-hmm. the closest analogy that i can draw at the moment um mm-hmm. so it's audio content that we have created ourselves based on so much research mm-hmm. and rubber stamped by experts as well mm-hmm. um and these this content is curated to take you on a journey of discovery mm-hmm. and discovery is the important part because it's not about learning because learning suggests that there's an a and a b and mm-hmm. you're either a beginner or an expert mm-hmm. whereas discovery is come in and pick up a, a, a content program of whichever one makes your um that is most interesting to you okay and then explore that and then see where you come to with mm-hmm. that and then pick up another content stream and see what that's about and the content, we really wanted it to be um, applied learning, so experiential learning. And I think that's one of the things that sex education doesn't do well at all. It's very one way. Someone, some awkward teacher that doesn't want to be there normally yeah. <laughs> is standing sitting in front of the class in front of all these people like, oh my God, what is she about to say? Um, and there's no uh, applied practices for you to go and yeah. to do and explore. It's not contextual. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Laika is, um, yeah, these different content streams around different parts, uh, different pain points that have sort of been mm. flagged most that we've speak- been spoken to women about. Mm-hmm. So whether it's around getting to know your body a little bit more, and that's beyond just the body that we get taught about at school, whether it's understanding our mind and um, our arousal and our desire and drawing on really interesting research that's out there that doesn't filter down to the everyday person. Mm-hmm or whether it's about communication skills. So these are little packs of content, all delivered via audio, that take you through the little bit of theory and then into an applied practice. And the content isn't um, very academic. It's okay. super light and easy mm. and engaging mm. so that the everyday person can understand. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Anna is definitely super passionate about, is completely <laughs> democratizing the science out there. Having come from a Oxford institution where they <laughs> take all your beautiful thesis and learnings and put it in a book and, and no one ever no looks no at it. <laughs> <laughs> so the content is about democratising science, right. um, modernising some of the more ancient traditional practices out there mm. that uh, are seen as very wacky. And the language <laughs> Sarah and I were talking about this the other day. Um, some of the some of the practices in tantra, the language that we use around them, are just so intimidating mm. and so far from our everyday. <laughs> language <laughs> that people can't resonate with them they, they can't even start mm. and the you know the comparison with headspace headspace has taken meditation which mm. was seen as a very wacky practice mm. modernized modernized it and made it accessible and put science around it yeah, and absolutely. now yeah. they're putting science around exactly. it exactly yeah so um 
So yeah, so these little bits of content yeah. which take you on this journey of discovery and then experiential learning is all about um, reflection as well. Like that's okay. an important part of it. Right. So we have the ability that after you've gone through these little packs of content to actually reflect on your experience. And you can do that through a voice memo, you can do that through writing, or you can do that through just like a drag and drop um, picture of your emotion. Mm-hmm. And that builds over time. So you can actually reflect back and say, have I got more confident in this area? Has this area improved for me? Why in 2018 and now it's 2019, was I feeling really good about this thing? Mm. What was so good about it then? Oh, okay. I was happy in my job and I was in a really loving relationship and I was able to explore myself freely. Okay. I need to get those parts of me back so that I can have that experience now. And that's the power of the reflection Mm, yeah um and then outside of that we have a community Mm. a growing community of women who just want to normalize the conversation want to share their stories Mm. and want a space um of other quote-unquote normal there is no normal women (laughs) where they can have that conversation with yeah Mm. yeah i think the kind of comparison we were making um was to a science museum or to like the history museum Mm -hmm. or something where you walk in and unlike traditional art galleries, which, you know, you kind of walk in and there's just art on the walls and you just move through and it's really static. Mm-hmm. It's more about going in and, I don't know, like making electricity happen here and playing yeah. with this there mm-hmm. and making a volcano explode here. And it's about... Well, good kick in the And it's about, yeah, it's, it's going to the things that interest you, that you gravitate towards, that you find speak to you, that resonate to you. And it's about actually just, another analogy, using your hands. So it's this thing of, you know, it's, it's, you can discover and you can explore at any age. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's that we want people to be explorers of their own body. Mm. Um, and, and their minds. And that's what, and yeah, when we say body, we mean, we mean everything, well, including yeah. your brains. Yeah. Um, I think Emily Nagoski, um, uh, who does quite a bit of stuff around, um, sexual well-being was she made a comment that sex is between your ears not between your legs yeah Mm. um and i think that's one of the things that we very much resonate with so yeah we kind of we want to be able to give content to people that allows them to actually interact with it and allows them to interact with themselves and through that Mm -hmm. they're discovering you know or rediscovering Mm. parts of themselves Mm. that they hadn't necessarily known before and that includes fantasies and things like that those Mm -hmm. these are also important parts of understanding our imagination and and what arouses us and so as well as the sort of more um practical applied learning uh, we also have something which which, so you asked the question of where are we right now we're (laughs) pre-product we're (laughs) pre-launch okay so it's still very early and we haven't got the copy in the yes exactly so we haven't got the copy in the app down but we're calling it um, the, the switch off zone, play zone, and it's all around providing um, feminist stimulus, okay. which you can use in whichever way you want um, to just help you transition from your day to day into a more uh, sexual mindset. Yeah, if you right, will. Right, right. Okay. You, you talked earlier about the um, sort of the the ability to contest your your body with yourself before you kind of come mm. uh, play with other people, but. I, I guess there's also that kind of link, isn't there, between fantasy and, and reality about, mm. well, I'm not even ready yet necessarily to do this on my own. Mm. So I just want to kind of have that imagination part of things. Kind of Totally, yeah, totally. Mm. I think one of the things Anna and I have really learned as well over the last 12 months is fantasies are also, they're fantasies. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the, on the, there's such a spectrum of fantasies. And just because, um, one of the examples that I'll use, and I'm sure for some this will be sort of more on the extreme end, but women do have rape fantasies. Mm-hmm. That does not mean they want to be raped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of power, mm-hmm. um, kind of real removal from their own life, mm-hmm. their own experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a way of exploring boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's also just a way of accessing different parts of you, your, your mind that you do remove from your day to day. And that's not, there's no, there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no shame in having those more extreme fantasies, mm. as the society would call more extreme. And it doesn't mean that you're not normal mm. or that you want to experience those things in real mm. life. But it's just about exploring the complexities of, mm. our, of our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, so, so talk me through how I would use the app. So let's say I wanted to discover 
I discover something. So I discover more about my body or something. So I would go on the app. I would download um, a little piece on, you have like a body positive module mm-hmm. or something and listen to it. For yeah. Like, so you would, um, you come into it and then um, still tweaking it slightly, okay. but you would choose different, um, basically different programs. Okay. So the same way, for example, if you were training for a marathon, okay. um, you might have a certain training routine. Mm-hmm. If you were um, okay. learning how to climb, you yeah. might have a different climbing routine. So and, and these are curated programs yeah. that you've put together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. one of the big things we found is that there's a lot of, forgive my language, but bullshit out there. Um, <laughs> and so it's very much around like how do we make sure that what we're what uh-huh. we're giving is verified, backed by science, etc., mm-hmm. but actually accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the programs that we've built tend to be, as Billy said, around certain themes. Mm-hmm. So one's around at the moment um, learning about your body. Okay. Another one's understanding how your mind works right. um, and the kind of way feelings and thoughts might yeah, yeah, yeah. get in kind yeah. of get in your head it's mm-hmm. almost getting in your head to get out of it yeah. <laughs> um another component of it is looking at um communication um another component is actually stuff for you to do with a partner mm-hmm. so there's a whole bunch right. of different programs depending on what you want and then each of those programs has an associated series of sessions with it so you can choose okay. whatever program so for example exploring your body mm-hmm. and then within that um the sessions might be everything from a bit of science around breath work mm-hmm. and then a practice that teaches you different ways of breathing to kind of maximize pleasure or it might be body mapping mm-hmm. so it kind of gives you um some information and some science around your erogenous zones um, and different parts of your body that can give nice. pleasure. Yeah. And then you actually go through a practice of, you know, kind of exploring your body, playing mm-hmm. with different touches, playing with different areas, playing with different sensations. So you have exercises for that? Mm-hmm. You yeah. get people, okay, so yeah. that's the interactivity. So everything so is actually applied. So give you a little applied. snippet as well. Okay. Yeah, I would love to, um, just because you mentioned body Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Can, yeah. Uh, could you read me a little bit? <clears throat> I can, yeah. Okay. So... This is just a little section we've just dropped right in the middle of it, but it would be something like this. To get familiar with your body and how it responds to touch, this session will guide you through creating your own body map. This will include the areas that turn you on when touched, as well as the ones that turn you off. There are also the areas that feel good, but only in the right conditions. Not everyone wants someone going down on them after eating a Mexican with a side of extra beans. (laughs) In doing so, you'll be encouraged to explore yourself more holistically and to think about how different contexts influence the way you experience pleasure. To start, take a a moment to move around and adjust yourself until you feel comfortable. Begin with a soft focus and feel your body moving as you inhale and exhale. Breathe in slowly and deeply. Find a pace that feels natural and comfortable, a pace that allows you to be present. When you're ready, close your eyes. And I'll end it there. I'm doing it. Everyone's got their eyes closed around the table, and now I'm like, and you'll have to download the app. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. And, and you're creating all of this content yourself? We are, yes. Okay. It's, um, yeah, so we've kind of, I've gone, basically done a immersive deep dive into all things um, <laughs> sex education, all things psychosexual therapy, all things behavior change, <laughs> um, all things neuroscience, mm-hmm. um, and tried to pull bits of that all together. And then we've um, been very deliberate about also having a pretty diverse group of advisors who mm-hmm. we've kind of taken some of this content to and we've mm-hmm. gotten the approval of saying this works this doesn't work um you need more of this less yeah. of that mm-hmm. um so yeah at the moment um we are yeah it was important for us to create it as well because there's so many different schools of thought when it comes mm-hmm. to sexuality and on oh, our yeah. advisory board we have sex educators which are more traditional mm-hmm. um somatic body workers which mm-hmm. are much more around touch and mm-hmm. breath mm-hmm. um we have uh, psychosexual therapists which deal much more with sort of the mind mm-hmm. and it was when we were going when we were trying to create this content it was really hard for us mm-hmm. to get all those schools of thought into one into these programs mm-hmm. yeah um when they focus solely on their so areas silent. of expertise so yeah, it's how absolutely. do we how do we bridge that information mm. together and also to get our t- 
tone of voice in there and the way yeah. that we wanted to communicate it. Mm. Um, because again, I think it's, if you're a practitioner in that space, you approach it very differently to how we, we have the ability to kind of be a bit more zoomed out from it. Mm. Um, and playful. And playful. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that's I like the, the Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Anna, Anna is such a brilliant writer. Yeah. I think that's it though. Because Did I think, you put that in your thesis yeah. as well? Well, not that in my thesis. <laughs> there were some like little hints in my thesis. Um, but I think it's one of those things around, it, 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 it's a serious topic. But often it's approached in such a kind of clinical or heavy or like, like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this way. Or it's like quite cringy and it's like, ooh, here's like 101 tips to like give a blowjob and put tinfoil on it and hum. And you're like, or you're like, you're, you know, and and I actually resonate with some of this language, but it talks about, you know, your goddess and Mm. your yoni as a template. For, for a lot of women who are just starting out on this journey, that kind of language is just so intimidating. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm. And maybe off-putting yeah. as yeah. well. Particularly, I mean, you were saying earlier about the kind of the science and, and mm. no bullshit. I mean, mm. there is very much... You, know, you used to talk about tantra earlier, mm. this idea of, well, actually, can, you can take the elements of it that have real good science mm. behind it and then you can kind of remove some of the bullshit. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Of, oh, awesome. Now, yeah. as, a, as a kind of... A, a, I don't know, kind of a rational person, I can kind of embrace that without feeling like I'm kind of diving into horoscopes, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think on the flip side too, you know, if if I was to say, okay, well, actually, according to your erogenous stones, when you you have this chemical release of oxytocin and blah, blah, you know, it's just like, I don't, it's me. Just tell me what, like, tell me how to touch myself and what to touch myself. So I think it's both. It's, Mm. It's figuring out this way of, taking what is you know incredibly valuable information from all these different streams of thought and all these different ways of thinking and and pulling them into something that actually people can just get like at the end of the day yeah. we just want to we want to yeah. feel better with our body yeah. and we want to have great sex yeah yeah, yeah. When, uh, when when do you need kind of uh, beta testers because i can think of so many women who are like, like yes I want already it. doing it already <laughs> doing it yeah. so we we do user testing every friday night um at our office and we'll be doing that all the way up to christmas nice. um but post january post christmas into january we, we will choose a new day to do that mm. and also we'll have a uh app that you can put on your phone so you won't have to come <laughs> to our office so right now it's a click-through okay. prototype and we have to walk right. you through it yes um the our engineers are hard at work and i think within two weeks yeah. we'll have wow. a That's version cool. on the phone oh, yeah great yes and at that point i will absolutely you up there <laughs> send all your women my way <laughs> i can't wait um okay so just sort of wrapping all of this up and, and going back to our topic, which was sexual wellness. Besides downloading, yeah. um, which you were, you know, anticipating um, with bated breath, yeah. <laughs> or with deep breaths, yeah. Deep, yes. yeah. full body breaths, <laughs> full body breaths. Yeah. What what can people do to own and improve their sexual wellness from a physical, psychological? sociological perspective mm. you know if you could give people and our listeners some sort of practical tips that they can do every day mm. though i think that would be helpful so i think firstly it's not necessarily about every day because mm-hmm. i don't think this is something that we don't want it to become a chore mm-hmm. and in our busy lives it's another thing that we have to do every day mm-hmm. i mean when headspace sends me my my right my reminders that i've not meditated I'm like Um, so it's not about uh, it's not about every day but it is about a regular check in with yourself I think one of the easiest ways to start is to masturbate (laughs) Um, and when we talk about masturbation we we actually mean self pleasure Mm -hmm. Um, so it's about exploring your whole body a little bit more getting uh, comfortable touching yourself and and exploring your different erogenous zones and exploring um, the way that you uh, explore your vulva in different ways to what you're used to and giving yourself a little bit more space rather than, as we kind of said before, mm. trying to get to that orgasm. I think an interesting analogy that I was thinking about the other day is like, 
you rush at work, you get home, like it's dark, it's blah, and you're like, I just want to order some takeaway. <laughs> so I get on my app and I get Uber Eats and it's convenient and it's there and it's fantastic. But if I was to get Uber Eats every single time, mm -hmm. then it starts to be like, okay, I don't know, I have certain expectation of what this is going to be like, how quickly the food's going to be ready, what the food's going to taste like. And I think actually the analogy is like, Sometimes you want to have a slow dinner. Like sometimes you want to get out the linen, you want to cook the food, you want to light the candles. Mm -hmm. And it's both have their functions, but in very different ways. And I think to Billy's point around like masturbation and self-pleasure, like the majority of women tend to masturbate the same way for most of their lives. Um, and I think, well, toys are phenomenal. Um, in some ways, though, they've also created a sort of independency. Um, so there's, yeah. you know, I know quite a few friends that are, basically breaking up with their vibrators mm. um, yeah. because yeah. it's it's it can yeah it's it's a very different experience and neither yeah. one is right or wrong they're just mm -hmm. different so yeah. I think yeah it's it's sometimes you get the takeaway and sometimes you have the sit-down meal roast. exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah, it takes a little bit more prep so so masturbation self-pleasure one absolutely yeah. <laughs> tick 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 um uh what, what else would you say I think the big thing that I would say is actually taking a second to think about how you feel about sex. Mm. So I think it's it's those moments, whether it's when it's with you, when you're actually with somebody doing it or when it's, you know, after you've done it or whether you're going on a saucy date, um, but actually kind of going into it having thought about it mm. um, as opposed to just kind of doing for doing sake. So I think, yeah, if I had to kind of send one piece of advice, it would be take a moment to actually think about how you feel about sex mm -hmm. and not just having sex. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think so. I had my nails done the other day. I never get my nails. <laughs> and I was having a, a, my toes, my toenails done. And the woman, I'm mm. telling her what I do. And she was so amazing. And she opened up to me and she was saying, um, she started journaling. And she started yeah. journaling because she keeps doing the same behaviors and patterns mm -hmm. with her sex life. And she can't understand why. And she doesn't understand why she keeps doing the same thing. So she started journaling. And over the course of sort of a month, it's really revealed to her when she goes on tinder why she goes on tinder what time of what kind of mindset she's in when she's mm. doing that therefore what kind of people she's attracting yeah. what kind of dates she's then going on mm -hmm. the drinking that she then does associated mm. with that and then the, the sexual activity she does associated with that and then the, the f feelings she has after that and by kind of mapping that out it's given her a very practical way of like looking back and going ah okay, mm. don't go on Tinder when I've had a really crappy day at work and mm. uh, and a man's been mean to me mm. or in, in yeah. the street or whatever mm. it is and I'm using this to make myself feel better yeah. because it doesn't. I track mm. through my entire experience and I can mm. see that it doesn't make me feel mm. better. Yeah. That, to your point, yeah, yeah, that's a really good I think one. journaling is so powerful. I mean, yeah. even in the uh, sort of wellness space, when you do things like food journaling, mm. it, it helps you understand your relationship to food. Mm. Same thing mm. for yeah. sex as well. Yeah, because so many yeah. of our patterns and behaviours are just so ingrained yeah. and mm. we just do them so automatically. I mean, food, I can't remember what the number is, but it's like scary the amount of food uh, we look at every day and choices that we make and they're just so habitual and mm. it is the same with sex as well like mm. if you you just get into these like routines around it mm -hmm. and some of them really aren't serving you mm. and journaling is a brilliant way of breaking that out i think um another i guess like kind of another fundamental component that's come up a lot is the communication piece mm -hmm. and i think um i think it can be really intimidating starting to just speak up in the bedroom. Mm. So I almost think practicing outside of the bedroom in other ways. So I was reflecting on this the other day and, and it was interesting because uh, Billy can say, I'm, I've had to learn to be more assertive over the last few years working on it. Arguably, sometimes it comes out and gets quite sassy. Oh, yes. <laughs> so saucy, I'm like, wow. Um, but I think one of the things is, you know, if somebody was to say, if, if there was to be like, oh, okay, actually, maybe not Billy, because I just say no. But if somebody I didn't know well was to say, let's go grab a coffee. And I just like, absolutely didn't want to. I probably wouldn't just flat out say no. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, uh, maybe like I'm, I'm kind of busy. And, and so it's, <laughs> and then you'd probably go. And I'd probably feel go. Bad and I would. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the, the kind of another tick box exercise that I think people could do is actually just practice saying yes and no mm -hmm. with things unrelated to sex. Yeah. yeah. So somebody wants to go for coffee and you don't want to 
just say no and you don't have to justify you don't need to explain it you just don't feel like doing it and that's okay and I think those those type of things I think the more confident we can become communicating and and really honoring those yeses and those no's Mm -hmm. or those maybes or I've changed my mind Mm -hmm. um in our daily life the easier it becomes to transition that into what are much more vulnerable and intimate spaces definitely Definitely. I actually on that same podcast I was listening to on the way over here (laughs) they spoke about this beautifully women typically say I'm sorry Mm. for anything they were saying you know and I've definitely done this you know dear Ben I'm sorry for emailing you (laughs) on a Tuesday in the middle of the work day why am I sorry yes I'm, I'm, I'm actually giving you a gift as well. Like, why am I apologising for that? It's so ridiculous. Well, yeah. Doesn't Canada have the apology law oh. where what? because people are apologising so much that they made it a legal statement that an apo- uh, saying sorry doesn't constitute an admission of guilt? Oh, um, so because people, I mean, uh, I don't know anything uh, about like this, but I should. So you, you, you kind of have a car crash and the first thing you say is, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. And people were using that in court as... Admission of guilt. It was, it was his fault, it was her fault. So, so yeah. interesting. Yeah, well, I think and women are very Canadian then, and I think in a way, we apologize for everything. God forbid being a Canadian woman. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, Adam, that explains so much. Um, but one of the really, really practical ways of sort of uh, noticing this in your day to day is just checking your emails before mm. you send them and looking out for those I'm sorry's mm. or just or just's and then um, I'm thinking you know why am I saying sorry yeah. is that a genuine sorry or if I just put that in there and that's a really easy way of kind of like flagging these things mm. um, it's another app idea in there no, yeah. I know. well actually it already exists it really? so there's, there's an app that you can attach to your emails and it if you put any kind of I'm sorry's or justs in there, it crosses them through. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. But it's true because it is that whole thing around like assertiveness, communication and and self-worth. You know, yeah. like it's it's this thing of saying, actually I've got every right to email you in the middle of the day and I'm going to and that's fine yeah. you know like I've got every right to say no to coffee and I've got every right to say actually I don't feel like anal tonight <laughs> you know like it's, it's one of those things so it's 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 yeah it's again while we're focused on sexual well-being and we're focused on sex it's actually as we said at the very beginning it's not even always about sex yeah. you know it's yeah. it's just about I think it's those selves yeah. mm-hmm. self-confidence self-worth yeah. um, self-respect and that's why I think sexual well-being normalising that mm-hmm. um, closing the pleasure gap this is all a gateway to equality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe yeah. that yeah yeah my gosh it's been a fascinating conversation yeah. <laughs> um, super interesting so we're probably gonna round things up here I have one final section which is a little uh, rapid fire section that Ooh. we call quickie but goodie <laughs> you won't have received this these questions beforehand they're just meant to be fun and you're meant to just respond spontaneously love that we, okay, we do keep this it short. with all of our we do this with all of our guests like uh, every time they come on the show and obviously today um, the questions I'm going to be asking on this section are going to be related to pleasure Ooh. in some way uh, or wellness great um, okay favorite erogenous zone on your body oh for sure okay I've got two <laughs> <laughs> Favorites. I never have one. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a combination there. It's like the neck or between mm-hmm. the shoulders, but with scruff. So Sweet like, scruff. like oh. when the guy has like a bit of scruff <laughs> on his chin <laughs> and there's like the hot breath. Yeah. Oof, yeah. that. Um, and then the other one. So it's, it's, it's a strange, well, actually, I'm not going to apologize. It's not a strange one. And it only happens after I come and only when I'm naked, it's right below my bum cheeks. Mm. Yeah. So there's like, oh, it, wow. it becomes like hypersensitive. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, nipples. Okay. <laughs> Ears for me. Ears. <laughs> um, uh, see, I, I'd say, yeah, neck as well. Neck. Mm. neck. All, all the obvious ones, obviously, but yeah. um, neck mm. definitely. Mm. Yeah. And uh, smaller the back oh, as well. Smaller the back. Yeah. Okay. Um, what um, What's your favorite fantasy, which Ooh. gives you the most pleasure? Something that maybe you <laughs> everybody's maybe looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like to be restrained and tied up. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just I think it's that thing of just like 
Yeah. yeah. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I actually lived out one of mine the other day. <laughs> so I had this fantasy of like showing up in like a trench coat and like no. Nothing and, underneath. And, like, but it was very sexy lingerie oh, oh, underneath. Lingerie underneath. But having, I li- I'm quite an exhibitionist, but like secret <laughs> exhibitionist. So not actual exhibitionist, but like knowing that people could walk in or discover me at any point. So I walked all the way from my house to his house in this like trench coat, in this really sexy lingerie mm-hmm. and just allowed it to like fly open a little bit yeah. as cars drove past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really hot mm. for me. I think London's good for that. Yeah. Everyone's in a trench coat. And on yeah, bikes. So, yeah, all, yeah. all year. Yeah. Yeah. All year, exactly. <laughs> I, I think mine, mine definitely with you on the, on exhibitionism. <laughs> um, uh, kind of d- definitely any audience is, a, is fantastic. Mm. Um, the other one for me is just surprise. So mm. if someone suggests something and you didn't, you weren't expecting that it was going to be kind of like we're going to have this amazing adventure. It's just mm. that, just yeah, mm. kind of surprise. Yeah. Okay, spontaneity. Um, mm. What's your uh, okay besides sex? What's your favorite sort of self care, self self love activity? So. This is biscuits. Really <laughs> been like, oh my gosh. It's my like worst Huge amounts of chocolate ice cream. <laughs> I, she's not even joking. I can't tell you how much I eat. It's not even funny. Um, but I I don't have a bath in my flat. And it's the first mm. time I've not had a bath. Mm-hmm. And I miss soaking <laughs> with a book and some candles. Yeah. I really am craving that. Yeah. So, um, okay. yeah, whenever I go back to my parents' house, I'm like, Dad, run me a bath. I'll be home in 20. <laughs> you just come to mine and use mine. Maybe I will. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. Oh. When we, we recently got our bathroom changed and got rid of the bath, oh. and fans spent so long, it's like, you do realise you won't have a bath. It's like, I was like, I know, I know. I was like, the minute it's done, I was like, I'm missing. Oh my God. <laughs> Does she just find you in the old kitchen yeah, sink now, splashing <laughs> yourself? Covered in candles. <laughs> um, I would say mine is... Uh, climbing actually mm. it's generally it's it's physical fitness that combines both body and mind and mm-hmm. um, or mm. being outside oh uh, being outside nice. yeah. yeah my style. minus except for when yeah. right now if you're wearing the right clothes mm. i've made a commitment to myself to quarterly yeah. go to wales on a quarterly basis for a weekend of mountain biking <laughs> oh, cool. it's just you can't think of anything when you're going down a hill yeah. at breakneck speed of being like, oh my God, just survive. <laughs> just it, it's funny you both mentioned like sporting things. Mm-hmm. Ab- I was absolutely going to say running mm-hmm. um, for exactly that reason. Like you get to that point where you just kind of, you stop thinking. Yeah. And it's so nice. Yeah. Just, like, all, all of the rubbish in your head just disappears. Yeah. That I never and, get and that. Absolutely chocolate ice cream for me. <laughs> Chocolate ice cream yeah. while running. Huge, huge in a bath. Huge tubs of, <laughs> of chocolate ice cream in yeah. both hands while running naked through the park. <laughs> With while, someone like, watching. Kind of in a really small, <laughs> really small bath that you can just splash through. <laughs> They need to invent like a bubble bath with like wheels on the bottom so you can <laughs> So Billy and Anna, just tell me how we can find you and how can we go about downloading Leica? Leica. Leica. When it's ready. Yeah, well, we'd love to have your, your listeners come along the journey with us. So you can find us on www.lyka, which is spelled L-E-I-K-A mm-hmm. dot I-O. Mm-hmm. And if you send us a message at team at Leica dot I-O with the subject line, better in bed, we'll give you a little discount as well. Yeah, I love that. Okay, thank you so much. So one of the key takeaways from our discussions today is that sexual wellness is all about practical choices that we can make to ensure we're the happiest and healthiest and most satisfied as we can be as sexual beings. Mm. So regardless of whether you're actually having sex or not, um, Mm. I'd love to hear from you listeners. Tell me, how do you define sexual well-being and what's really worked for you in terms of cultivating it? Um, and until next time, let's all take a deep breath. <sighs> Breathe in, sexual wellness. <sighs> Breathe out, very <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Bye.